go ahead and have a seat. Uh, I just want to start with kind of a confession a little bit. Um, you, you ever realize as your kids get older, they get into the teen years, that they have this uh, ability to uh, just tell you truth that you didn't really want to know? And so what I've come to realize is I'm, I'm quirky. You know, I, th- I, I would think that we're all a little quirky. And I'll just explain Time Change Sunday in my world um, here as we get ready for Sunday. So most days I set my alarm. And so I'll wait, I'll may wake up in the middle of the night, say 3.30, I'll look over and I'll be like, oh great, I have three hours more to sleep. Yeah, I don't know, I celebrate that. Like I almost, and then I set, set my alarm clock and so that I realize that I have another hour to sleep. You know, so you'd be like, yes, another hour. Well, this morning I woke up and it was whatever time, I think it was fourth, that, that's the problem right there. Um, so I had my phone on my, you know, which yeah, that's a whole different story that we talked about not having it there. But I had it on there because of the alarm clock. And, and I looked down, and I think it said 5.30. And then in my head, I'm like, so is that 4.30 or 6.30? Or did it change? Did it not change? So what time is it? And I was getting all stressed out. So I got out of bed, walked. I didn't tell my wife this this morning. I walked downstairs. I look at the stove because I knew the stove clock didn't change. And so I, I kind of like, oh, so I have, it's actually, now I'm all confused because I think it was, it was 5.30, and I had, it was, no, it was 4.30, and I had 5.30. And so this, this is the whole reason I can't even explain it to you, but I was like all out of sorts trying to figure out what time I had to get up this morning. And so I'm just glad that I'm here, and I'm glad that you're here. Um, and some of you had some of that too, because I could tell, because you ever like go to the prom when you were young and you had to make an entrance? Well, there was a whole lot of people making entrances this morning, you know, like the doors swing open. I'm here, celebrate. So we, but we are glad that you're um, here with us. I'm glad that you can be quirky, uh, too, in your own ways of how you do things. Um, we're in the, in the middle of this series, this 40-day series um, through Lent. And whether you're, this is your first Sunday or you've been walking this journey with us, um, I just wanted to give you why we're doing this 40 days. Because... I think one of the enemies, one of the, the, the battles that we all are fighting as a culture, as, as individuals, is this idea of our lives are so stinking fast. Like, we have such a pace. We're, we're, we're busy. And what's, what, busy is okay, but sometimes busy steals from the very place that God really wants us to experience. Like, like it's hard to find joy in busyness. It's hard to find peace and busyness. It, it's, it's hard when you're in a hurry. You, you, we don't love well in a hurry. You know, when, when you're in a hurry, your tendency is to, well, I'll just say you honk at people a little faster. You, 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 you get mad at people a little quicker. You're, 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 you're on edge a little bit more. You're more irritable. You're more frustrated. You're more angry. You're, generally, busyness and hurry creates a tension in us that I don't know if God designed us to live. So, um, maybe at the beginning of the year, maybe a couple of years, whenever you, you did this, there, there came a, comes a point in a lot of us, our lives, we're like, man, I just want to be physically, in a physically better place. You know, I, I, I want to get physically fit, right? Does that make sense? I, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be physically healthy. And so there is all sorts of ways to accomplish that goal. What, one way is you get a membership to the gym and you start working out. That's, that's one way. And, so you, and there's a lots of ways in the midst of that that you can do that. You can do weights. You can do cardio. You can go for walking in the, wood, in the woods or you can walk in a park. You can, there's all sorts of ways to work out in order to be physically fit, to be healthy. But then you can also say, all right, that's one side of it, but I also want to be healthy. And so I'm going to go on this whole different eating 
kind of storyline. And so I'm going to give up like sugars. I'm going to give up gluten. I'm going to give up, um, you know, uh, vegetables. I'm going to give up. Actually, that's never, you ever notice that's never on the list of like healthy, like it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to eat different. I'm going to eat three meals a day instead of two. I'm not going to give up my evening stack. And so we make a plan to become physically healthy. Now, what, what I want to talk um, about this journey with is just like there's a lot of ways to become physically healthy, and there's not really a right or wrong, there's probably wrong ways, but there's not like one way. There, there are many ways to get there. Like well, as we look at our lives, our, our greatest struggle is probably not the physical side. It's probably the emotional, spiritual and mental side. Does that make sense? Like, we, we can see it sometimes in us when we're physically unhealthy, but I think our greatest enemy is that a lot of times we are emotionally, spiritually unhealthy. There, there's, like, there's, there's a, an angst in us. There's a frustration in us. There's, a, there, there, there's, there's this little something's not right. You feel off. Like, the greatest enemy in our culture is not physical problems. It is actually emotional problems. Like, mental health is the greatest crisis of our day. And we don't have solutions. We don't have, like, our world doesn't have solutions for that. And yet, I believe, as I look at Scripture and and really this 40 days, that God does care about your physical and emotional and spiritual wealth. Like, he has set up some parameters, guidelines. So what we're doing is we're, we're, I'm hoping that you walk away from this 40 days with some guidelines for life. You know, like these aren't have-tos. Like, I'm not telling you what to do, but I want you to build so, your own, like, physical workout plan. Like, do it, do it your way, but there are some principles that will help you get to the healthy place that God desired you to be. And so, you know, there's these things, there's, there's lots of sicknesses going around. I don't know if you've, uh, if you've been sick this um, season but I imagine at some point in your life you were. You, you ever notice um, how that hits you? Like one day you're all good and you're walking through. In fact, uh, Pastor John's not in here, so I can, I can talk, to, talk about him. Um, he came in Friday and he's like, yeah, my family's sick. He had more mercy than that, don't worry. He was like, they're sick and they're throwing up, but I don't have it. I've washed my hands. I've stayed away from it. And so he's like, I'm clear, free and clear. And I, I, I'm not ta- I think it was about two hours later, he texted, said, my, let's see how he quoted it. My stomach feels like a pitchfork's been, pitchfork's been stuck in there and he's, he's been twisting it. And so all of a sudden he is like, like sick, right? And, and you've been there. And you ever notice that when you're physically sick, what your body almost always craves and desires? Um, sleep, rest. Did you ever, you ever know, like every time that I, have whether I'm going through the all sorts of I won't even describe the different bugs but but all those all the ways that shows up every time I just want to climb into my bed I want to put the sheets up as close as I can and I want to sleep as long as I can you ever notice that you can sleep for hours and hours and hours when you're sick that you can't do when you're like fully healthy you ever this is what I'm trying to point out your body is designed by God to when you are unhealthy it will go into default mode of it wants rest. 
And isn't it possible, this is, this is where I'm, I want you to look at and think this morning, isn't it possible that when we're talking about mental health, our, our emotional and spiritual well-being, and when we're, we're struggling, isn't it very possible that the very solution that it is for physical is the same as it is for spiritual? That we need to retreat. We need to get away. We need, we need rest. And, you know, the, the whole idea of the series is we want, we want to walk Jesus' way. I, I, I want to I call myself a disciple, and if I'm going to call myself a disciple, I want to walk as Jesus walked. I want, I want to live the rhythm that he lived. And I, I want to point this out to you. Now, understand that Jesus is God, and he is perfect, and he has um, the power of the Spirit um, engaged in his life, he had incredible impact, and like he, he could do anything he wanted to do. He did anything he wanted to do. But he still, in the midst of all of that power, all that wisdom, and all that strength, he lived a rhythm that we need to, to, to follow after. And let's just start in Mark chapter 1. And we'll look at, uh, I'm going to start at verse... 29 but i want to tell you what happened before so jesus right before this jesus is just taught in the synagogues and the the verse a couple verses before says the people were amazed like there's there's a buzz happening about jesus like people are like wow that's jesus we we need to get to know this jesus guy Um, verse 28 says now news about him spread quickly over the whole region of galilee all right the whole state of galilee that that's kind of the, the whole district the news about Jesus, like, wow, there's Jesus, and this is what he's doing, and this is what he can do. So verse 29, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the house of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, he took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on. So he goes in, to, his, to Peter's house, and he does another amazing miracle. He he- heals Peter's mother-in-law, and she, she's back to normal. Verse, look at verse 32. That evening after sunset, so let me just give you a little cultural um, just view of this. When you lived in that world, you had no lights. You, you, didn't, you may have had a few candles, but generally when the sun went down, your day was over. That's why they, they slept during the winter. They probably slept 10 hours because they slept from sundown to sunrise, right? Because that's when you could do the work. That's when you could do your life. You didn't do a whole lot when it got dark. But listen to what it says. That evening, after all this buzz about Jesus, after sunset, after the sun went down, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. All right, so just picture this. Jesus had already filled, he already had a full day. He, he, he's done a lot. He healed um, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He's taught in the synagogue. Things were happening in the synagogue. And he's starting to settle in for the evening. And what does it say? All people brought all the sick and the demon-possessed. All right, all of a sudden, and I, maybe you felt this way, all of a sudden people have needs. People are like, hey, Jesus, I need, I need help. I need help. I need help. I don't know. Have you ever felt that? Like everyone's calling out for your attention. Everyone, you have all these emails that you have to respond to. You have all these texts that keep coming in. You have all these like people that you know that you need to keep in contact with, but you haven't. You have all these 
this new project at work that you have this pressure that's put on you and you have a timeline and it's an impossible timeline for an impossible project and yet you're expected to carry it out. Like you have all these demands, all these expectations of people, family and work and friends and ministries and church and you have all this riding on these moments. You, you feeling the pressure? Look, keep on going. Verse uh, 33. The whole town gathered at the door. You, you getting that? Like, everybody's there. Sunset. Every, everyone has a need. Come into Jesus. And by the way, if you have a need, Jesus is a great place to go to. He, 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 he is the one who meets all needs, right? I mean, he, he, he is one that we, we want to keep going to. And he's in this, let's just picture the situation. He's in the house and just thing after thing, person after person, Compa- you know, trying to show compassion upon compassion, and just people with deep mental and emotional and physical needs all crying out for his attention. Let me just jump ahead. Verse 36. Simon and his companions went to look for Jesus. Verse 37 says, And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Like, hey, Jesus starting to happen you you ever this is a whole different picture of it but you ever have start you get momentum in something maybe it's in your in your work in your classroom like things are starting to move like you're seeing great things happen but what happens when great things happen is there's more pressure built put on you and the the, the disciples are coming to jesus like jesus great job last night let's get up in the morning let's do this again because our world needs you but in the midst of this, this is the rhythm that Jesus models. He doesn't just keep going after it hard. He says, there's a better way to live, even for Jesus, who, can, who has probably greater capacity than us. But this is Jesus' rhythm. Verse 36, or 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Let me... He got away. He rested. He, he lived this rhythm of, of full engagement and then back away. I, I just need some, I need some time to refill. Like I'm going to empty myself and I'm going to refill myself. And I refill myself in the right way. It's, it's the rhythm of what he modeled. Let me just give you, because this is just not a one-time thing. Over in Mark chapter 6. Jesus just found out recently that one of the his cousin one of his friends one of the people that he admired we we know he he thought very highly of john the baptist because he tells people this there's no one greater than john on this on this place john just passed away he just died he just lost his literally lost his head he he said some things to the king and the, the king didn't like the truth that he heard and so the king put him to death and so he's just dealing with that And he says in verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. So so Jesus just had lost John, and then what he did is he's he's telling his disciples, hey, I want to go send you to do some amazing things. So go out into the the neighborhoods, go out into the communities, and I want you to have an impact and do some great things. And they're all coming back, and they have these only God stories to share, right? They're, oh, Jesus, Guess what happened when I did this? Guess what happened when I did this? It was great. It was fantastic. This is, like they're on a high. They're on a mountaintop. 
right? They're, they're like, this is so cool. I love do, doing life with you. I love this ministry that we're doing. I, I love that I can impact people's lives. Verse 31. Then beca- because so many people were coming and going, they did not have a chance to eat. You ever feel that way? In the busyness and hurry of life, like you don't even have time for meals, like you don't have time for breakfast. You don't have time for lunch. You're, just, you're in the pace of life when people are coming and going. You're just going. This, this is where Jesus is. He says to them, now listen, to, if you have your Bible, uh, make sure underline this, this section. Jesus says to his disciples, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. So look. Understand the, the, the dynamic. They're still living on energy. They're still living on adrenaline. Like, it's been a great season of ministry. They're, they're not exhausted yet, but Jesus sees it, com- sees it coming. He says, I love your excitement, but now we need to live this rhythm of silence and solitude and retreat. So, and I, I don't know if you would disagree with that. I, I think for most people in this room, you're like, that sounds, yeah, we, we, we go on vacation to retreat. We, 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 we kind of know in the back of our head we need some time away. Sometimes we, we, we feel it. We feel like the, I, I got to get away. I, I need a break. I need a, a, what we call, we have in our family, we call these things, I don't know, I should tell you this, but we have mental health days for our family. Like we tell our kids, you get one mental health day a year. You just, doesn't matter. You don't have to be sick. You just have to say, I want a day off and we'll give you the day off. Because we, we want them, we, want, we, we know there's a rhythm to this. But what, this is what happens, right? So it, Jesus says, hey, come away with me. Let's get some rest. Let's get away. Verse 32, it says, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So they, they did it. Verse 33, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So, so the plan was, to, you ever do that? There's, I have a plan to rest. I have a plan to get away. I have a plan to, to kind of recharge my batteries. And on the journey there, all these things start happening. Like, people are there before you get there. The, the very plan that Jesus had is falling apart. And not just a few people. We find out it's 5,000 people plus a few others. So there, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. And, and finally, Jesus says, hey, we need to give them something to eat. Um, why don't you guys do it? And so we have this great miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, stop for a second, because what we read in 15 seconds probably has a lot more time investment to it. So just picture the, the logistics of it. You ever go to a conference with 5,000? I don't even know if I've... 5,000 is a lot of people. I don't know if I've been to that big of a conference. I've been to like 3,000 people conferences. You ever like have a meal at the conference, like Chick-fil-A is brought in, and the logistics of serving 3,000, they're organized, right? They, they have a plan from the beginning. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to have tables here, 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 and here, and we're going to kind of like what march people through, and at 12.02, this group's going to go, and you know, you have a plan. Now, the disciples, I don't know, they're not the smartest people, and so I don't know, like they, they weren't planning that day to feed 5,000. In fact, they're telling Jesus, we can't do it. And now all of a sudden he says, what do you have? Five, five loaves and two fish, you know? Okay. Why don't you feed 5,000 people? So 12 guys, from what we can read, taking hand, one meal to one person, one meal to another person, one meal, 5,000 repeated times plus. 
Think about the time frame that, that that had to take and the exhaustion of all that that work of just, and then having to go around again to 5,000 people. Hey, do you have any leftovers? Do you have any leftovers? Do you have any leftovers? Hey, I have a basket. Pull up some leftovers in my basket. The, there's a time length to this. And by the time, they were, they were tired. Jesus saw that they were going to get tired beforehand. They have to be running on fumes then. And this is what Jesus does. After this is all over, Verse 45 says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. So he, he's like, you guys need to get away. I'll take care of the rest. More load on Jesus. Then what, this is what it is. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. He was living a rhythm of high pace and says, I can't keep living at high pace. I need to retreat. I need to refill. I, I, need, I need to make sure emotionally and, and spiritually I am where I, I need to be. I need some rest. You know, I, I laugh, uh, not really laugh, I, I find it ironic that uh, God gave 10 commandments. Um, well, he gave more than that, but 10 that is famous. You know, and, and we would probably love, I mean, we like most of them. We, I mean, the do not murder, I mean, I think we'd all sign up for that one. I don't know anyone in the world doesn't like that one. You know, we don't like to be lied to, so don't lie. That's a good one. Don't covet your um, friend's spouse or wife. You know, that, that's probably a good idea. I mean, I think we should be following that one. You know, keep God first, good one. All, but as I look at all the Ten Commandments, as, as I'm lining them up, you know, some of them feel like a weight, you know, like some work, some, some things. And then God, in the middle of them, in, in one of them, he says, hey, I have this other uh, command, this other thing I want you to live out, this other thing I want you to plan. I want you to make one day holy. I want you to take a Sabbath, which means rest day. That, just pause for a second with me. God, God's like, all these important, like, like law commands, like, hey, if you kill someone, you're going to jail, right? I mean, if you steal, you're going to jail. Like these kind of commands, and then he says, one of, the command, one of the things I want for you is that you live in fullness, in a rhythm, and I, want, I really want you to follow this one because it's important. I want you to rest. And you know what, what I hear most of the time when we talk about that idea of rest? But I'm too busy. Are you, you're not murdering. Good for you. You're, not, you're, not, you're probably not lying too much, except for me right now. But good for you. But you, you, you are, how can you live in fullness of what God designed you for if you're not willing to, to take something that's, that's given for our good? The, the, think about the, the beauty of that. I mean, what God would you say is like, hey, take a nap one day. Have some fun one day. I want you to delight. I want you to enjoy. I want you to set apart one day where you just, you find peace and you just rest. You just, I mean, what kind of God makes that part of the, 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 the boundaries like, that's a God who loves you. He knows you. And he's like, your tendency, our tendency, especially in this culture, is to run, 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 busy, 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 do, 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 and to fill your life up thinking that's going to get you to where you want to be. And he's like, those are all things, that's a rhythm, that, that's, that's six days, do, go, go for it. But there's, a spe- there's one day that stands out above the rest. One day of enjoyment above the rest. It's a day of, of retreat. Now, we're going to talk more about the Sabbath next week, but we, we don't just need a, a, day, a weekly retreat. We, we need, this is what I would say, is we need, we need a 
daily time that we retreat. We need a weekly time we retreat. And we need a yearly time we retreat. We just get away. This, these are the two words that I want you to think about. Silence and solitude. On our retreat, we need silence and solitude. In our world, in my world, I, I have noise all around me. You know, we have four kids. We have radios. We have TVs. We have, you know, you know like, and I feel like it's almost by habit that I have to have noise going. Like, so if, if I walk into the living room, the TV's there, so we might as well have some noise on, right? If, if, I'm, if I'm going for a walk, why don't I listen to a podcast? If I'm, if I'm on a treadmill, let's, let's listen to something, you know, always noise. And when we, when we re- what we really need sometimes is not more noise. We need more s- silence. We, we, we need to let our soul wrestle sometimes. Do, do you know what I mean by that? You ever... You know what wrestling is. You know, you, you've probably seen MMA or something like that. You, you know, it, it's a grappling. It's a, it's a, like, sometimes our soul needs some time to unwind. Our soul needs some time to wrestle with some things. Our, 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 our souls need silence. And so what I'm telling you, when you, when you start living this rhythm, Jesus went to a mountainside. He, he, went, he got away from all the noise. He even got, sent his disciples away. I can't even be around you guys right now. I just need some time away from it all because I just need to meet with my Savior. Meet, I need to meet with my Father. I need to meet, meet with my God. And then I need, to meet, I need to meet in my soul. I need to be present of knowing what God wants to do inside of me. M- makes sense? And it, it, so he retreat, he's like living this rhythm of, of work and, re, and silence and retreat. And that silence is both, by the way, both external do you know what I mean? Like turning things off, like not having music going all the time, not, not having a moment of silence, and then pulling us. You know what our, our habit is, especially among young people, is, is actually in the book that I'm, I'm reading, is our habit is young people don't get bored anymore because when they get to that feeling of boredom, they just pull out the phone and they do something. They play a game. They, they do some kind of social media. We do the same. We never, we never slow down enough to really get into silence because you know why i think we're afraid of it we're, we're almost afraid of what where our soul will take us if we enter into silence not not just not just physical all right the harder part that, that's the easy part turn off the hard part is entering into our own si- like you, you you've seen hoarders you know like this tv show where they have stuff lined up all up and down their houses our minds are like hoarding all these things, and, and whenever we even turn off all the, all the music and all the sounds, we're still, our mind's spinning. You know, we're like dreaming of what it's like to live in the lottery. We're, 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 we're thinking about what, what happened to us last week. We're, we're like here, here, here. And sometimes in that craziness of that, that, like all these thoughts, our mind is like in fifth gear, and God's like, slow it down, please. Let's, let's just process. Let's just Let's let's bring some 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 soul like uh, healing there. Let's 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 just put stuff to the side and let me show up in the midst of your hurry. S- slow down. But there's also solitude. To 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 be, I don't even want to say alone, but to be away. And be alone with God. Like, I want to invite him into my solitude. Yeah, let me, let me, um, 
I really want to share with you some things. What, what happens? Okay, what happens when we make this a, a habit, when we make this a practice? What sort of things does God allow to happen in our lives when we live out this rhythm? I think number one is this. We find emotional healing for our souls. And, I, and I'm wrestling through this, and I'm not sure there's another way we can do it. I, I'm not sure a counselor can bring as much healing as maybe silence, silence and solitude. Like when, when we allow our soul, you follow me this morning, I hope a little bit, when we allow our soul to, to wander through some tough things and we allow Jesus into those tough things, I think that leads to, to healing, to, to, to mental and emotional and spiritual healing. And I think God wants to do that work in our life. And for maybe some of us, we we don't want to do the silence and solitude. You ever, and I've used this one before, but you ever, you have a scab versus a scar. You know what the difference is? The scab probably needs to come off to reheal. Where a scar, although it's a reminder, has healed. And sometimes we have all these scabs that in our silence and solitude, Jesus has to like rip off. You know how painful that is to rip off? to wander through, to, to figure out why we're doing what we're doing and the motives, our deep waters, and, and to deal with our frustration with people. And like, like when we get into silence and solitude, we allow Jesus to do his work in our life, that he starts ripping off some places that are very painful. But what happens is he wants to bring healing to those places, and he can't bring healing till he removes something. And so, so if, you want, if you want to get to a healthy place, health means that you have healing, Silence and solitude probably is one of the main practices we need to be walking through. Here's, here's another one. God speaks in silence and solitude. You ever notice in Scripture that very most of the time that God speaks to somebody, it's when they're alone by themselves in the desert. Like Moses was walking through the desert. There's a burning bush. God speaks to him. Like over and over again, God. And you ever, you ever wonder why he used dreams in the Old Testament? I was, and this is just a guess. But maybe because people were so busy that the only time he could really speak was when they were slowing down enough to sleep. You know, maybe, maybe like God's word that he wants to say to you has to be shared in silence and solitude. This is what um, Elijah found out he, he was standing before god he wanted a word from god he's like god i need to, i need something from you because i'll give you something and that's always a scary thing when you ask for something from god and he actually says he's going to give it to you because there's a there's a way that he does it and so he he brings like like all these things in front of him that he thought god would speak through a fire and wind and finally at the end of of this like journey he brings a silent whisper he says god is in that whisper in fact what i read was it's not even a whisper it's actually the word silence that God showed up in the silence. That God spoke in the silence. And, I, and I'm wondering if you're missing God's word for your life, like, like he wants to speak into some things, and you may be missing it because you're too busy. You, you ever picture that? You're doing all these things, all these, you're working so hard, spinning your wheels, and it's not getting you anywhere. And God says, hey, I have an idea, and we, we can't even hear it because we're so busy. Try this. Do it this way. Let me, my word for the, my one word for the year is clarity. 
Like I want, I want, I've been praying for and wanting clarity from God. And yet, one of the things that God does in silence and solitude is that he, he brings clarity. Like how do, I, how do I walk through this minefield? Other people may have no idea, but God does. Where do you hear that? Silence and solitude. I, I don't know where you want me to go next, God. Where do you, where do you hear that? Silence and solitude. Like retreat. Like quiet. Like just presence with God. Just give you a couple other ones. Um, I think it's in the, the quiet and solitude that we find peace. This, this is what uh, the psalmist says. He says, the, the waves are, cr- are, are crashing and the world's caving in, my, my terminology, and he uses this word. He says, be still, stop, stop striving, be still and know that I am God. Y- you know what that silence and solitude does for me sometimes? It kind of reminds me that all my work is meaningless unless the Lord builds a house. You know that, like, unless, like I'm just striving. I'm just doing stuff. I'm just doing stuff. I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm kind of like the ants all going in different directions. Like, without God, my life has no impact anyway. Why not just sit before Him and enjoy the, enjoy the time of retreat? Say, God, you, you got all of this. What, what, how I thought I would end is, is in two ways. One, is, it's great to, to hear a message, because you all know, this is simp- this, in some ways this is simple things. This is not like super complicated theology or anything like that. But the hard part is, how do you put it into practice? Because the, the pushback is, well, where do I put that? And I, this, is, this is where you do it your way. I don't know where you put it, but I know you need it. <clears throat> and so put that in first, maybe. Maybe say, this, I, I, need, I need some time every, I need, an, I need, start with five minutes, start with ten. I don't know what, what, how much you want to start with. Say, every day, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to turn things off, and I'm going to sit. Sit and watch a sunset or a sunrise for five minutes. Sit and, and just, like, hear the birds chirp outside for five minutes. Like, I'm going to go for a walk in my neighborhood for, for ten minutes. You, you start selecting and say, all right. This is the way I'm going to do it. It might be different from this side to this side, from age, I don't know. But you say, this is the practice I'm going to put in my life because I know it leads to health. And I don't want to get to next year and my life fall apart. I don't, I, so number two is this. I thought, you know, why not give you some time to just kind of like slow down. You know, just kind of rest. Kind of just delight in God for a moment. Just, you know, may, I, I know you're tired because I am too. Um, maybe, maybe you want to just rest that way. Maybe you just want to kind of like breathe that verse in. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Slow down and know that I am God over a situation. Maybe you just, God, I need you to speak in this situation. I, I, I need help. I, I need some wisdom. I need some clarity. And by the way, God doesn't always, in fact, God usually doesn't do it in one minute bursts. But what I find, what I find is this, that God loves that time with us. And so so sometimes the very thing that we're looking for, the, 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 the answer to something, is the very thing he removes, he doesn't give you right away, because he wants more of that time. 
because he doesn't really want, he doesn't really care where you end. How do I say this? He wants more of you and less of what you're doing. Does, does that make sense? He, he wants that relationship with you, and, and the, the doing will come, but he says, stop, just, I'll give that to you. I'll give you the answers when, when we get there, but, but I just want you. I just want to walk with you. So I'm going to give you a minute and a half or so of just, like, just quiet. Just, just for you to kind of slow yourself down into, into God's pace for you. Lord, we come before you in the silence and just want to rest. Want to, to find a rhythm of like working hard and going after big things and, and also a time just to retreat and enjoy and delight and, and just meet with you. Um, your word says that if we abide with you, if we remain in you, we will bear fruit. And so this, the silence and solitude that we want to put in our lives is, is really that just remaining. So I just pray, God, that you help us to to put that into practice, help us to find rest and bring healing to our souls in the midst of it, um, and just work uh, in us so that we can have a life of peace and a life of joy and fullness. And in Jesus' name, amen.